Hello, everyone. This is Matt here, the Surviving Sticky Situations podcast, bringing to you a log cabin special. I have a great episode for you today. It's Sunday and cold. Maybe not where you're at, but here it's cold. Um, So I'm here with my good friend, uh, Beth. She is a yoga instructor. Um, Beth Reddig is her name. She's a world famous <laughs> yoga instructor and massage therapist. And she agreed to be on my crazy podcast here and talk to me a little bit about her, um, maybe some struggles um, and just how overcoming. Uh, different obstacles in her life so she can share that and hopefully help someone else that's going through the same thing because that's what this podcast is all about Um, just spreading the love and and uh, peace and ways to make you live longer and have a happier life Um, so Beth would you like to talk to us a little bit and about yourself Okay. Um, yeah, as, as you said, I, I'm a massage therapist and a yoga teacher, and I really decided I wanted to study massage because of the mind-body connection. You know, I was, um, the first time I got a professional massage, I was just impressed by that it wasn't just a physical benefit I received, but it was a mental-emotional benefit to you. Mm. When was that when you now have you been doing how many years have you been doing that? 17 years. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. And um were you doing anything before that or what really uh made you want to do a uh, massage therapy? Yeah, the time I started to study massage, I was uh, uh working in the mental health field. So I worked on a hotline and I was a counselor in a group home. Mhm. Um, I also did um, farming and um, was a baker and, you know, just different uh, different jobs to kind of piece everything together. Mm-hmm. So you just really felt like called to do that or um, what was there like a, a good program or like a friend that influenced you at all or just like your, yeah, the- your overall love for um, like health and well-being? Yeah, the first I get so the first time I got a professional massage that this woman inspired me. Mm. Ute was her name. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I just was so impressed by how it helped me mm-hmm. feel uh different physically and emotionally. Mm. Mm-hmm. So is there like what are some of like the types of massage therapy out there or because um, I know sometimes, you know, there's like ones where you use your get in there and use your elbows, um, but I know most of the massage that I'm familiar with is just like foam rolling, and you know maybe like a just using my thumbs, but I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but it's it's cool that there's I know there's like trigger points and stuff, but maybe you can talk to us a little bit about all the. Yeah, and there are many different uh, types of massage and styles of massage and. Um, most of what I do would be considered 
kind of a combination of Swedish and deep tissue. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my work is very focused on particular um, issues people might have and just wanting muscles worked in a certain way or some people just want to uh, just relax. You know, mm-hmm. so kind of lighter techniques and just to help circulation. and mm. So, yeah, many different styles. And one of the styles that I do is uh, Thai yoga massage. Mm. And that's really what took me to yoga is okay. I studied this form of massage and it's basically like being some people call it lazy person's yoga because it's like being moved through yoga postures and also getting hands-on massage also so it's done clothing on on the floor on a mat okay so you kind of now do you like try to like like you don't like push people or anything or like kind of poke them to like maybe force them to like flex certain muscles more or are you trying to like or like pull like is it like pooling or actually just kind of well how does it work there you do things like you would do in any kind of massage everything except um like long gliding strokes with because you're not using oil or cream of any kind it's just clothing on so you can do compression you know where you're pressing or, or the trigger point kind of thing holding points um, mm-hmm. But a lot of stretching. Oh, okay. Um, range of motion and, and you know, increasing flexibility. Mm. Hmm. So things you might do in yoga, um, but you're being assisted. So you can completely relax and also stretch. Like anytime you're doing a stretch, there's some part of you that's also working. Mm-hmm. Right? So you can stretch without any effort. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, I know there's, with like personal training, there's like p- partner um, assisted stretches or even like weighted stretches. Um, just like, they say not to do it like before you would lift, like do like heavy weight lifting and stuff, but there's like, it's called like PNF stretching mm-hmm. where it's like, you do, do you do that sort of, is that similar to what kind of yoga, the Thai yoga is, would you say? like A little, a little different, but you can... There can be some of that. Mm-hmm. Is it like long holds, like long yoga holds, or for that type of yoga? Yeah, yeah there are different styles, and for, for some it's much more of a... Um, uh, there's almost rocking involved, so it's a, more of a flow. Oh, okay. And for some people there's more longer holds. I like the longer holds mm-hmm. myself. Okay. Yeah. Because you get that um, kind of range of motion, right? And maybe more like joint mobility and and stuff um is there any other like benefits um to the like those longer longer holds yeah just pretty much that yeah (laughs) awesome (laughs) um yeah so um would you have like a favorite type of yoga uh as far as the physical practice, the asana, the postures, um, I really like a vigorous practice. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like sun salutations and um, postures that require a lot of uh, core strength and mm-hmm. or build that build build strength. Now, do you when you do like yoga classes and stuff? Do you like design your own or like? Um, have you ever like came up with your own type of stretch, like a new stretch that 
most people don't know of. That's interesting. Um, not a new stretch, just a, a new, um, uh, like if it's a, if it's a flow, a new way of transitioning mm -hmm. through different postures, um, a slightly different twist on a posture, mm -hmm. but not a totally new stretch that no one's ever seen or done before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like when you're, is there like a type of yoga that's good, better for, um, like a, like lower back pain? Cause I know like I've heard like, like 80% of people have experienced like an injury to their lower back or I think from sitting a lot, you get a lot of tightness. One of the more common places that are tight. So is there like different, which yoga posture would like help for, um, it's a really good question. So there are times it depends on what the pain is, what the source of the pain is. Because mm -hmm. for some uh, back issues, back bending is better. And for mm -hmm. some, forward bending is better. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on what's, what's going on. And also, is it, a, is it muscular or is it structural mm -hmm. you know, with um, the bones? So... Yeah, it just depends on what causes the pain. Like, um, like pinched nerves and stuff, I guess. Um, <clears throat> and, and then as far as like structural, what would that, how would that be different? Like, is that, that's, that's not well, really you can nervous release, system. Right, you can release um, soft tissue, muscle, connective tissue, and that will relieve um, any compression on nerves and there are times where the bones need to be either either they need to be surgery or they need to be manipulated mm -hmm. so there are times a lot of times releasing soft tissue you can make those changes mm -hmm. in the skeletal structure but um, there are times when no there's there's no way there's something that bone needs to be scraped away or you know mm -hmm. something needs to happen that you can't do in any other way so has, has yoga helped heal you and like from your injuries or you know how has it like affected your life yeah so as far as the physical practice um when i was in my 30s i only swam like i swam laps or um, i did do some running and it would usually be on pavement and I didn't do any kind of stretching. When I started to do yoga, and, and I had chronic low back pain. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was really bad sometimes. And I couldn't be in the car for any length of time. You know, sitting any length of time was really hard. And then I started to do yoga, and I stopped running on pavement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I'm 52 and I have no back pain. Mm -hmm. Every now and then, there's a little bit, and and yoga definitely helps in, um, yeah, and getting massage work too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the yoga has helped a lot. Yeah. So is that um, when when did you start doing uh, yoga? Like, and how did you start? Like, what? Because I know um, you're from you're from here, right, mm -hmm. Indiana, and it's not it's there's not been like a huge. Um, I mean, it has been more. I want to say like mainstreamed in America, but I'd say it's still in this town and maybe 
I don't know when exactly, but has it always been kind of like a like a popular? It does seem like it's gaining popularity, but it's kind of had waves, mm-hmm. you know, where it increases in popularity, then it kind of falls off and comes back, and mm-hmm. it's kind of in a resurgence, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the sixties, where it was definitely a a wave, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lot of yogis from the east came over and were teaching in the in the west. Mm. at that time yeah it's really fascinating to me how many like different kinds there are um but i guess it comes down to like like either vigorous or like gentle or you know working on more of like um posture um but like i guess is there i'm i'm not like a huge expert but that's just kind of what i is there is there more to yeah, there's there's so many. Um, like yin yoga is uh, very long holds. Mm-hmm. And the belief is that in order to make a change in connective tissue, you really have to hold things longer. There are people that will say that style makes them feel worse. They mm. feel tighter and they need a flowing style. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there are, and there are many that are are based on a lineage so there's a teacher that started it mm-hmm. and then people just follow like this is this is the way mm-hmm. like ashtanga is one and and ayengar mm-hmm. um, uh, so there are these just very specific this is you know the way and shivananda was my my original teacher training was through shivananda so that was like those names actually come from like the instructor the original teacher mm. yeah Okay. No, Stanga is is not. I'm not sure. Hmm. So some some of it, like I was told too, was like, um, like the long holds, like getting into that, like contort. Some of that's contortionism and stuff can. I mean, it's good for some people, but if you don't have like the muscle to like back it up, then it could kind of pull your bone bones out would you like agree with that or some people have um hypermobility Mm -hmm. and it right you also need structure to keep joints Mm -hmm. stable so yeah there are people that it's take it too far or their bodies are yeah need more of the building Mm -hmm. strength than than you know flexibility I've been seeing these people online too recently doing like weighted, like just weighted, using weights to stretch almost like maybe trying to do a split and hold a weight over your head and tilt from like side to side or um, there's just, there's just other ones where you might like pull on a cable as you're stretching or maybe using a resistance band. Would you recommend that? Would you say or? Some of that seems a little dangerous to me, but... Yeah, I can't really recommend it or say I think it's bad. I don't have experience with it. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel like you can do everything you need to do with your body. Mm-hmm. But that's just because that's my experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, when you're like using a weight to get you beyond your normal range of motion, I guess... Um, some people swear it like can help strengthen them like I know for people who are like into like trip like I've been seeing I think it's the trail runners and stuff who are 
kind of doing these certain things um, where they're, they almost do a squat on the outside of their feet and then hold like a weight on top of it. So they like strengthen their ankles or something mm. too. Um, so I could see where it might work, but again, I feel like it's sort of like people are taking it to like another extreme where this is, uh, has a, maybe not, it's kind of like a gray area where you don't really know yet. It might work for some people like, but again, probably if you don't have the, the strength to back it up, it might, um, have some risk for the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, for people that like want to get into like yoga, would you like, is there like a book out there that you would like recommend or probably a million, but is there one that like really helped you out? You know, I, for me, it was just learning from teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, my teacher training, um, was actually, it was the, the classes that I went to for over a period of years, those, those teachers that I learned the most from rather than like my teacher training or any book. Mm-hmm. That's just how it has been for me. So I can't think of any one book or even two that I would say, yeah, like if you want to do yoga, like get that book. Um, mm. so yeah, I'm sorry. I can't offer that. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Is there, that's, that's a, that sounds good. Um, is, <laughs> is there like how many hours a week would you recommend someone do yoga? I guess, um, how many hours a week do you do yoga? Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm teaching and, uh, a lot of my classes I am doing a lot of the practice with people. Sometimes I'm not because I'm going around and helping people, you know, assisting them. Um, so I can't be actually doing it too. Uh, but the classes where I do do a fair amount, um, you know, that's like seven classes. Um, and I go in and out of having a really strong personal practice and having not as strong, you know, mm-hmm. so, um, there are times when I would do an hour every day just on my own. I'm not doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it, it waxes and wanes a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I know that one time I took that like yoga retreat, I learned like a lot of cool stuff about like what, um, sort of like the foods and the cleanses and just like the lifestyle of like being a yogi would be like you know getting up when the sun rises and I don't know do you remember like some of the other other stuff that they it's a it it seems you know getting it's all about kind of getting that um I think what the definition of yoga is like your path to getting close to God or something I don't know if that's one of the definitions I've heard um but kind of getting that like inner peace and inner happiness you know what are some of like other ways of being a a yogi yeah so the some people talk about yoga as a as a science and that it's um and ayurveda means the science of life um because there's a whole and i'm not a good yogic scholar unfortunately and but there um 
you know, the eight limb path and the first two that are um, yamas and niyamas and it's all about ways of taking care of yourself and, and how you relate to other people. Mm. Right? So it's observances of, you know, And then there are the, the physical practices, the, the postures, and there's breath work, pranayama, mm-hmm. and meditation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, even like sleep too. Like, um, I know, like, uh, for yoga, like, it's you don't really do it in the middle of the day, it's either like first thing when you wake up or like in the evening time. And both kind of have like different benefits, but is it, from what I understand, it wasn't like something that you would really do in the middle of the day, would you? You can do it anytime. I, a lot <laughs> of people feel that the early morning is the best time mm-hmm. for yoga and meditation. Mm. But in our world, uh, in our culture, um, people aren't as necessarily able to do that and it does in it there are benefits to you can do it any time of day and it's still going to benefit you um Mm -hmm. and it's different for different people some people are very much have much more energy at night Mm -hmm. and other people are much more you know like i'm more of a morning person but Mm -hmm. not everybody is Mm -hmm. you know i know someone who has a very strong practice and she practices at night well, oh, evening, okay. you know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Although you said night, morning and night, and not middle of the day, but. You guess you could do it, do it any any time, but always before food too, right? Like oh, you yeah. don't want to have, you don't want to go eat and then do yoga right after or something, something, right? Right. It's like a your couple body hours like tightens up after a full meal, at least a couple hours after like a snack, an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then what are what are like have been the the benefits for you for doing yoga? Like, what have you felt has helped? Besides, like move moving better, I guess, because move your the besides like the stretching point, maybe more of like the mental an emotional aspect of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the the um, meditative aspect, and whether it's within the physical practice of when you when you focus on your breath, mm-hmm. and you learn that to train yourself to stay present. Mm. So you can, for me, when I started doing yoga, that's what I loved the most was. And the reason I had to stay present because I was focusing on, okay, where are my feet? How mm-hmm. is my breath? You know, just all these things that I needed to pay attention to kept me right there. Mm. And so the, the physical practice itself can be meditative, but um, also just, you know, a, a still seated, quiet meditation is often part of mm-hmm. the practice as well. And that's all about, that's why it's called a practice because it's practicing over and over again, staying present. Because most of us, 
spend a lot of time in the past mm-hmm. in our heads a lot of time in the future yeah and we're we're not present a lot of the time right mm-hmm. so that's it's a practice mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's like a you just got to keep work working at it and working it and eventually hope you you'll never be if you stop working at them maybe you're I don't think anyone has achieved that where they're always in the present. I, maybe they have. I think it's really hard. Um, you know, I want to always. It, it's it's some days. You know, is easier than others not to worry about stuff. Um, and the biggest thing too is like letting go of the the past. I know that's that's helped me a lot. Cause that's I know when I really maybe have done something wrong, someone and ask for their forgiveness I feel like a lot I feel like a weight's lifted off of me and I didn't even realize that it was like weighing me down but um and sometimes it you just don't uh know how like how much the past if you don't let get work out that stuff or just like you know forgive yourself or have get forgiveness from someone else if you did something wrong like how much that can really like a tight muscle just like hold on to you and mm-hmm. and pr- take a lot of energy out of you and it could it could have been something 10 years 15 years ago too you know it's one thing I've kind of noticed and um but I love that uh I love that about it too I've I've only been into like yoga for probably a year or two um I've tried to like study and learn as much as I can and I think it all comes like it seems being pr- getting present because how much life kind of like takes you out of it makes you not in the present and stuff just how crazy life can be a lot of the time so mm-hmm. and that I never thought of it as like something where you um <clears throat> like have to keep training it like you can't just do yoga once and it's like okay I'm a, I'm in the present and I'll never worry about <laughs> anything ever again um <laughs> and people might have that like misconception I'm sure someone mm-hmm. does um so any and I I like that with like the would you say it started in India I think right yoga mm-hmm. and um when did probably like how many how many years ago like 10 years ago <laughs> uh no it's it's uh very old and I don't have a number to give you but mm-hmm. very very old and a lot of the like the teachers or gurus um, that came to the west it seems like it was 50s 60s um, somewhere probably early, earlier than that but that was a you know kind of a time of people bringing it over mm. yeah. awesome um yeah so um moving on to the next topic here what are uh some transformative experiences that you've um kind of had it throughout your life or if you want to talk about any um successes or accomplishments that you've had hmm. Well, 
just teaching has been a big accomplishment for me because I have always been, um, it's been a real challenge for me to, to speak in front of people. And so the fact that I'm, you know, almost every day getting up and, and leading people in something or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, is an accomplishment to me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, um, I think a lot of people like struggle with that. So what was it that made you kind of overcome? Was it like a fear of like public speaking or just kind of crowds of people or? Um, no, it's a public speaking thing and feeling like just worrying about what people will think and, mm-hmm. you know, feeling judged or whatever. I mean, just, yeah. But it, I love yoga and when I have something I want to share, I think it's helpful to people that sort of helps mm-hmm. me get beyond that. Definitely. And I, I feel like when you know it's something that it's like it's not that you want people to do it. It's like you know that they need to do it because it will really help them. It's, it's helped you. And um, then it kind of help maybe helps you get through um, that kind of uncomfortableness of doing doing it in front of people mm-hmm. with that uh, is that what kind of what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. I don't want to put the words yeah, in your no, mouth. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and you uh, teach yoga at like the jail sometimes too. Yeah, Pine Grove. Oh yeah. wow. And what's yeah. that? What's that like? Is there you have some crazy stories about that? I don't have crazy stories. Um, I really enjoy teaching there, and. Um, People often say, oh, aren't you afraid? And uh, I've honestly never felt afraid there. It's a very controlled environment. Um, And the people that I've had an opportunity to to work with there uh, are very respectful and sincere and um, dedicated. Now, they might just come for one time and decide it's not for them, but if they come three times even, it seems that then they stay with it and they become very uh, dedicated. Hmm. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I haven't... Now I know there are... And also, I'm, I'm coming there, I'm a yoga teacher, and this is something, an activity people are choosing to do, right? They want to come do it. They've said, yes, I want to do this. They're not forced to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a very different position than, say, a guard that is telling someone, hey, go do your, you know, go clean this up or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Something maybe somebody doesn't want to do. So I feel like I'm, you know, the the situations you hear about where people are harmed, a lot of times I feel like it's something where, you know, it's more of a, that relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Are they, like, scary people? Like, because a lot of people have, like, the movies and stuff play these people in jail as, like, these big, um, strong, muscular, like, steroid-eating guys. But are they really, are a lot of them like that, like... No, I mean, there's a whole range of physical types mm -hmm. uh, in prison as anywhere else in life. Um, There are a number of the guys that come to the yoga classes also do work out mm-hmm. 
Um, so some people are pretty um, muscular, mm-hmm. but there are also people who are very light and thin and people who are heavy and mm-hmm. not all that muscular. And, you know, there's a whole range of body types. Because mm-hmm. I was even hearing on this other, it was actually like another fitness podcast and they were kind of talking about people in jail being like really like, how do they get so big when they like eat um, like the jail meals and stuff? Um, it's like, well, they get to work out all the time, but it's like, though they actually on like a schedule from what I read and I, I don't know, I've never been there, but um, like that some places are like really overcrowded and maybe only get to go to the gym like once a week. So a lot of these, they were really big when they got into the gym. I mean, when they got into jail, but then once they were there, they kind of, um, you don't, they don't really get to work out as much as you think. Was that, would, uh, do you know anything about that? Well, at, at Pine Grove, uh, most people have an opportunity to go to the gym a few times a week, at mm-hmm. least. I mean, it might be, they might be, I'm only there twice a week, so mm-hmm. I don't have a big sample. Um, and I haven't asked a specific question, like how many times are people able to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my, <laughs> my impression is that, um, you know, there's there, like there's basketball and there's, um, mm-hmm. you know, the working with weights and there, there are fitness classes of different kinds. And uh, some of them led by, fellow prisoners mm-hmm. um, and then there are activities that people come in we might be the only like physical activity that um, they bring people in from the outside mm. wow. I think a lot of it is just internal whether it's um, yeah I mean other prisoners leading leading the activities I think it's fascinating that they're um, able to but like the jails and stuff know that like yoga could really like help them too. Like it's, it's like really well known, I guess when they feel the need to like bring in, you're like one of the only outside people they bring in to help kind of teach this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. And uh, another thing, what well, was the convict conditioning book? Cause I really like like the body weight and the jail, jail cell workouts, I guess that you can do anywhere. Um, but the guy was saying how in a lot of prisons, like they don't even give you that many weights because it, in some places they'll end up killing each other with them. Like a, especially the, the guy was saying the free weights are actually one of how people get so strong in jail or just in general, free weights are the ones that kind of put more size on you than any other type of machine. But especially the free weights, I mean, you could throw that across the room and kill someone. And um, so... Yeah, they're machines. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, like, with the media and stuff can, like, um, what what most people kind of believe about what what they do in there and stuff. So um, what else kind of gives you your inner joy? I, I love um, physical activity in general and and being outdoors and I love the water so mm-hmm. um, uh, biking and sailing and mm-hmm. swimming and paddleboarding and hiking 
is there an activity that you've recently like gotten into that you weren't into before or is this kind of all been a part of your well sailing is more recent um just the last few years uh i got involved with the the um friends of yellow creek a sailing group through iup sailing as Mm -hmm. well at yellow creek and uh so the sailing is more a more recent thing for me and paddleboarding too because they started i started paddleboarding out there too yeah it's really really good and an amazing feeling too when it's a windy day and i remember the one day you took me out and i was like i was a little bit scared but <laughs> have you uh, have you you haven't flipped you never flipped it have you well we intentionally flipped on once just to you know practice getting mm-hmm. it back up rating it um but i did Actually, years ago, I sailed a sunfish on a lake um, when I lived up in Vermont, and um, I didn't really know completely what I was doing. I mean, I had sailed with other people, and but I took it out by myself, and I did, I did flip it mm. unintentionally. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but I got it back up. That's good. Um. So, as far as like physical fitness achievements like where have you what's like the like craziest um event that you've participated in or well nothing crazy Mm. uh the the most distance i've done is half marathon so to me i felt like it was an accomplishment to to run that distance Mm -hmm. because i'm not really you know a strong runner Mm -hmm. um so yeah, and nothing crazy. I mean, I know people that do ultra marathons over mountains, and mm-hmm. you know, to me that's kind of crazy. Or or Ironmans, I think that's just incredible what people do. But yeah, yeah, no, nothing crazy. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and uh, I know some of the bike rides you've taken me on have helped me a lot. Like some of those hills around here, um, like that Marianne Hill. That's mm-hmm. really. This is really some treacherous. So, <laughs> there, the, you're you definitely on the bike. Um, have shown me a thing or two and turned me <laughs> in a little bit more into a man. <laughs> um. Uh, so, what else do you feel like are ways that you can help or live a, lo- a longer, healthier life? Would you say? Well. I have you heard of the blue zones? Mm-hmm. I think I I read a little. And I don't book. even I don't. This is terrible. I don't remember the author's name. And I also I think I heard a TED talk that he did. But the different things he talks about that are common to different places, like you think, oh, it's diet. Well, mm-hmm. basically, I mean, there are so many different diets that people do well on, depending mm-hmm. on their bodies and where they live, and you know. So it's basically moderation, and mm-hmm. some of that, yeah, moderation in all things, really, for me, with, with, uh, with uh, diet, and also that there's no one diet that's right mm-hmm. for everyone. You have to f- figure out what your body most needs and is best for you. Um, there's like, I, well, I think my dad had a book that was, I read, and he, there was something in there about this like island people that had like they like smoked and had like um 
like a really high carb diet or like basically everything that science said like you would die quicker if you did but they like actually like lived the longest so it's it's interesting and even there's like dna tests where you know they're figuring out like if this is where you came from this might be like more where what type of food that would be better for your body and stuff and yeah blood um, type diet yeah mm-hmm. but the other the thing that really impressed me that he you know there are all these different things and like moderate exercise was more mm-hmm. like just as part of their day rather mm-hmm. than like in intense working out and then sitting a lot like in our culture there's a lot of that you know um mm-hmm. but social support was was huge in longevity and that's I really believe that like the feeling part of a group mm-hmm. you know and supporting each other and knowing that that's there mm-hmm. you know when people feel alone that's like doesn't really lead to good health yeah and uh, I think with like the technology age we're getting more into that like isolated environment and stuff uh, and people aren't getting in and, and finding their tribe or their community that have like like interests and stuff and I'm actually just started reading a book it's called like belong and stuff and there it's about this lady and she um just like hit like when she hit like 30 she realized like she was like sitting in sports bars all the time and um like just wasn't happy and like didn't have uh didn't really like have like her like right community and stuff so um but I think it's interesting how like the social media and stuff you know everyone it can make your life seem like it's like so good and and um that everyone's like showing there's like this perfection and stuff um but uh you know it's just kind of something that we have to deal with and I think that was like one of the things where people were living the longest if they had that community mm-hmm. and um, finding that community. Because it's like in our DNA, we, we physically will die if we're alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, and some people just like, they think they can be alone because they have like, the internet will just take care of them, but it won't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And having a purpose, feeling like you're, that's the one of the other things for longevity is like even if people say retired they're not doing a particular job that they did for years or they still have maybe they're taking care of their grandchildren or they're gardening or they're you know helping in the community in some way it's like having a mm-hmm. reason to get up and you feel like you're making a difference you're adding something so that is and I I just really believe that mm-hmm. we all need to feel like we're part of something bigger than us and and helping in some way Mm. um so what are some of your goals right now (laughs) um i still have ongoing just wanting to improve um what i what I do with teaching and massage, you know, just wanting to get better at what I do. And I would like to become more disciplined with my own practice and with meditation. Mm -hmm. 
um, I'd like to be more regular. It's not, it's not a daily practice for me right now. Mm-hmm. You know, personal practice. And I want to do more with sailing. I'd like to... I don't know. I don't have a specific thing. Like, I've thought about well, maybe a captain's license. Um, but I'm not quite there. But just to keep improving my skills there and doing, doing more of that in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I, I also, again, I don't have a specific... I need to get more specific with my goals. But I want to... <laughs> feel like I'm contributing more to the community. Mm. I feel like at times I have, I've sort of plugged in more and I really, I'm really not, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm doing enough. Mm. So that's a general goal, but I don't have a specific way I see that I'm going to do that. Okay. Awesome. And, uh, so if, like you said, the meditation, like how, how do you meditate? Like, I know there's like lots of different ways like you can like sit up and just kind of like close your eyes or um breathing is there like an exercise that gets you into that like uh um, clear mind or what exactly do you do yeah and see the funny thing people will say um they can't meditate because they they have thoughts and the thing about it is we there are people who are very practiced and maybe even enlightened who can be without thoughts but most people there are always going to be thoughts it's a matter of you you don't pay attention to them you don't get hooked by them right so it's all about staying present whether mm-hmm. you're just sitting and only working on that or you're whatever you're doing you're fully there mm-hmm. you know so um i've done you know, guided meditations or working with my breath or um, uh, using sounds like chanting or um, then there's centering. Centering prayer is a type that that's what I'm most drawn to. And um, that's... Is that, is that like mantras or like saying mantras? No, I mean, I have done that type of meditation but centering prayer is um basically sitting and and um just acknowledging that you're in the presence of god and then when you feel like you're drawn away by thoughts and you know whether it's from the past the present future worries whatever when you realize you're not there anymore um you use the sacred word to come back. So you've chosen a word that has meaning to you. And mm-hmm. the simpler, the better. You know, like people might say love or God or faith or peace or, you know. And you use that that word to just bring you back. Um, and there are types of meditation where people use the breath as the way of, of coming back to, you know, just mm-hmm. being present. So... Right now, that's what it's centering prayer is what I like to do. Awesome. It's a good, good to note. Centering prayer. And uh, so you can just kind of like, if now you're, are you, do you like say a specific prayer? It's always like a different one or? No, I'm, I mean, for most people, the idea is to choose a word and then. You just stay with that, but 
um, the important thing is not to change it during the one particular time that you're sitting. But over time, people might decide, oh, I kind of feel more drawn to say peace than to say love or whatever. Mm. Interesting. I could see how that could help when I'm like getting road rage and stuff too. (laughs) Just like, stop. Love, love. (laughs) Um, Well, do you have any other maybe sticky situations that you've overcome that you want to talk about or um, near-death experiences? (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I do actually have near-death. I... And it's, um, yeah, I have struggled with uh, what some people would call a mood disorder um, throughout my life. Um, I've been diagnosed as bipolar 2. Oh. Um, I don't know whether or not I want to accept that diagnosis, mm-hmm. but I've been in a hospital, psychiatric wing of a hospital four different times in my life. Mm. Um, I take a medication ongoing um, and I have tried two different times to be free of it and ended up in the hospital again. Hmm. So, and you know, here I am somebody who believes in using natural means of you know healing and um, you know there's yoga and meditation and eating well and exercise and here I am I still have this um, disorder if you will some people would say illness um, Mm -hmm. that I need assistance with that goes beyond what I can do for myself Mm -hmm. so that's been a really It's been quite a struggle to accept. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I've been in, yeah, suicidal. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And I've had uh, other people talk on the podcast that have um, not necessarily, um, like, bipolar. I actually might have it myself, honestly. I mean, people say say that they have it or, but, like, like actually... um, getting like a like a diagnosis and stuff and you've had that for like your whole life ma- mainly you well, feel like it's been a struggle the first time i dealt with depression was in college my my sophomore year and at that time it was very much a like more classic um just weepy and no energy and just you know not wanting to do anything um but after that, it was more um, a lot of anxiety mm. and feeling like I had to move or I would go crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And so um, that's much more the... Uh, and I never had... So for bipolar 2, you never have really high mania where it's like crazy over the top. But there's mm. some... They call it hypomania. So there's some... You only have to have one time when you had this where you feel just at a very high level, really, really good. Um, and maybe do some things that are not um, characteristic. So I had a time where 
you know, I left a job and drove across the country with someone I didn't know that well. Um, mm-hmm. I was feeling really good, mm-hmm. but those were bad decisions, you know, mm-hmm. so that's the time. They saw that as a hypomanic hmm. episode. Is it? And when, when, when did this happen? Like, how old were that you? That was in, I was in my 20s. Mm. So that might, you know, I, and I, I think like the thing with, like I was saying earlier before the podcast, how we don't know where I think we still don't know that much about like what our bodies are capable of and to put like a label on someone and say like, you're this, you have ADD, um, like here's your medicine. But then again, like the medicine does kind of help to an extent, but you know, it's up, I think it's up to your mind to believe that like if like yeah we all have I think struggles are like the main point to life and um, you know as long as you're getting I, I guess you know for me I'm at, I'm better than I was like a year ago I still have a lot of problems right now but that's you know as long as I'm always getting feel like I'm better than I was yesterday, you know, does that kind of help you at all? Or what, what has kind of help, helped you, would you say? Well, to me, it's a combination of, you know, what I've learned through yoga and meditation and taking care of myself physically. And um, I have come to believe through my experience that I have a, to me it's almost more of a brain disease than than a mental illness because if there's Mm. some substance that I need to stay balanced, Mm -hmm. then that's a physical thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So all I know is um, I went for a long period of time uh, without any... uh, bad level of anxiety or depression um, being on the medication and then when I went off very in a very short period of time mm. I was back to needing a lot of help mm-hmm. so that's only that's my experience mm-hmm. I don't like it mm-hmm. I would rather that I could just heal myself with my mind and with right. yoga and meditation and eating right and exercising but that hasn't mm-hmm. been my experience yeah and um well like an, a lot of people maybe have gone through like something similar and you know even when they have gotten like the medication that they found like helped them it didn't actually like help them that that much or you know it helped for like a short period of time but then like it what went into like what whatever like a tr- like you get like a trip would it be like a trigger epi- episode or something like just like certain things maybe just like set set you over the edge would you say or well everything uh, any anything that's going on can be so we're 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 chemical beings right and so there's like that level and there's um 
I mean, you can affect, you can create a change at any, any level, right? And one affects the other. So, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, and so like stressors are. What what are they called? like situation? There's situational depression, right? And so mm-hmm. there's something that happened that's very hard to cope with, mm-hmm. and that's you could call it a a trigger, right? mm-hmm. and it can be quote unquote negative or it can be actually a what would be considered a positive thing but it's it's um just a big change mm-hmm. when you're such a nice person I, w- I wouldn't even like suspect that you had that like issue like talking to you or anything you know um um but you know that's just we're all dealt with like different cards and and different struggles but you know it seems like you're you've made like the 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 best of it too and I'm trying to just better understand it because especially like depression is like the number one like mental would I would say not this not a disease but like a disorder would you say I don't really know people say mental illness they say mood disorder Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but it's it's affecting more people and more more and more and there's like different types and um yeah it's um it it can just be um just having like good good days and, and bad days but I'm just I guess trying to to understand it a, a bit better but I think there's usually at an hour we take a commercial break so we'll take a break and then we'll finish up here in a second <laughs> we'll be back sticky situations it's getting sticky <laughs> All right, we're back. Part two at the log cabin here, surviving sticky situations. We're going to finish up our episode with Beth. Um, we were talking a little bit about um, her st- stickiest situation that she's um, f- uh, been facing. Uh, so um, it seems like compared to other people, you've dealt with it pretty well, would you say? Yeah, yeah, and I've, I've sought help, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's counseling or, you know, talking to friends and family, and I ended up, um, it being suggested that medication, I ended up choosing to do that. Mm-hmm. I also, something that I, um, I know also that uh, prayer has helped me, mm-hmm. um, other people praying for me in my own Mm-hmm. Prayer, so that's something that I didn't include in mm-hmm. um, what we were talking about earlier. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you've, have, I know you've started. Have you always been um, going to? Would you say church in general, or just just prayer would help well, you? Yeah, I mean, I was brought up in a church, but um, I'm I'm not part of an organized church at this point. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but just like praying and maybe reading has helped, uh, reading the Bible and or just having other That's people the, pray for you or well, personal, you know, praying myself, but having other people pray for me. Like mm-hmm. I've been aware of. Um, I had a friend who, I was having a difficult time and I was talking on the phone and she said, "I'm going to pray for you," and mm-hmm. she did, and I was just crying and I was like, I I felt better almost immediately, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, and 
I know the last time I was in the hospital, I know my sister and family and probably her church. And I just know people were praying for me and I know it made a difference mm-hmm. to um, get better. That's good. So. Um, and then what, what would you tell someone that's like in the, the eye of the storm, like that you're, you've kind of been through and are going through, what would you tell like another person that's like in that same situation to like help them get through it? Well, to, to not isolate themselves, like to seek help, to seek other people Mm -hmm. and, and help and to do their best to move their bodies and, and eat healthy if they can't, you know, mm-hmm. like do the things to take care of themselves physically, but also to ask for support. Did, did you notice that there was like a difference in like when you ate a certain way versus like eating like, um, eating more like fruits and vegetables or, um, like what, what, what nutrition wise, like how, well, how was that experience? Like I, I can overdo sugar and that, that makes me feel worse over time. Mm-hmm. You know, so kind of staying away from that and just getting basic good nutrients. Okay. Yeah, that's I, cause like I said, I believe there are different types of eating that are better for mm-hmm. people. There's no one way. Right. Right. So. Awesome. And if you could have, if you could like say like one more sentence of like something that would help um, people better their lives or what would it be? Like what message would help so you could pass on and and give to someone else that would help better their life? I just find what you love to do and and do it. Like, especially physically, I just think it's so important to mm-hmm. enjoy um, something to feel alive and uh, so. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Um, well, thank you so much for um, talking and opening up here with me. It was really good getting to, um, I know I just got to know you a little bit better and um, Hopefully this will help someone else and give give someone else hope too. Um, somewhere down the road, I really am be- a strong believer in that. Um, but th- thank you so much for doing this. Well, and thank you. This has been Surviving Sticky Situations, episode 15. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.